episode of the Native Immigrants Podcast. I'm your host, Swami Barakas, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Jojo underscore B. What's going on, Jojo B? Hello. Yeah, so we're back. Yes, we are. After a prolonged absence. Yes. But something... something We went on holiday for the whole time, unfortunately. Yeah, well, I was, was going to touch on the holiday. You think is you do it all the fucking time, straight away. Yeah, we were on a holiday. There's no build-up. There's no... Everyone knew we were on holiday. No, I told you... We said last time. Well, if you're not following us on social media, and if you're not, what the fuck, then you won't know that we were just on holiday. No, we said on the last show. No, we didn't. That's we, the thing. We didn't, didn't we? mention it at all. Didn't we? This is how much you give a fuck about the podcast, don't I? I thought we did. I pretty much carry this whole shit on my back. And then I've got you like trying to trip my legs up as I'm walking. Smallest violin in the world is playing for you. Whatever. Just before the start of the show, you threw uh, what could be looked at as a racial jibe in my direction. What do you mean? You just said that all Gujaratis can't make besan. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I'm sitting here with a selection of mutai and a cup of tea because I've got a sore throat. Mm -hmm. And uh, I tried this besan ladu from a, a local Gujarati joint. You don't know how to make basil ladoos. Oh, look at this. You don't know how to make them. This it's unbelievable. fine. You make lovely kaju katri. <laughs> and you know, the pera's all right. But, you know, I, I, leave okay. the basil ladoos to the Punjabis. Leave it to Ambala. Or me. I make quite good basil ladoos. Right. All my Gujarati listeners, are we going to take this? You don't know anything are we about gonna... Gujarati. <laughs> I don't know anything about Gujarati. Well, no, you don't know anything about uh, Gujarati is what I meant to say. I'm not very well. Yeah, you though. can't blame that on this ridiculous I swear uh, I say I'm not very well on pretty much every show. Yeah. You're just permanently ill. I don't know. This sore throat started today. I blame you. <laughs> can't blame me for this. I don't know. I, I didn't get anywhere near fault. you. You know, if it's not blaming me, but blaming our bubs... So I'm willing to take the hit to protect my child. I'm drinking yogi tea. What the hell's that? The brand of tea. It's called yogi tea. Yeah. Very nice. Is it a culturally appropriative tea? I don't know. I don't know if it's been created by Indians or Asians. Right. I don't know. Anyway, well, it's very nice. Echinacea tea by them is very nice. All right. Well, if you're listening, yogi tea company we've just given you a great shout out so send us a you, you know year's worth of supply of your good shit except the ones with licorice in because i hate those so this is the native immigrants podcast <laughs> i'm so sorry for being out uh longer than we wanted to uh you know because it's been a month since our last show has it really it's been a month and the thing is like i said we didn't tell people on the last show that we were going on holiday and so, I blame people, you for that as well. so people would have, just, would have just been like, well, the show's going to be back fairly soon so we can check out the next episode. And then there's probably like 50% of our listenership that's just left and gone on to another Asian podcast instead to get their fix. I was going to say they're all rubbish, but I can't because we're supposed <laughs> to be supporting all our, you know, Asian podcast brethren. Tell, tell them so, how you really feel, Judge. No, they're, they're worth listening to, but also we are also worth listening to. So please 
Come back to us. Yeah. Like, oh, come on. After, like, my boy Sat Man with the British Asian podcast, we like, well, I mean, he's the original, so you can't say it. He's the OG. He's the OG, but there wasn't that many, like, a year and a half ago when we came out. There was, like, literally just, like, a handful. But it's amazing to see how many there is now and that they're all from different parts of our community, doing yeah. different things, talking about different things. It's lovely to have that because, do you know what? We complained about how we don't support each other yes. and that no one speaks for our communities and when they do, no one listens. Yeah. And actually now there is a group of people that are trying to speak for our communities and they are having, you know, a good listenership. Yes. And I like to think that we have a decent listenership. and that <laughs> We did have a decent listenership. It will grow. And, you know, and we'll be there to support each other. Yeah. Support, yeah, blah, blah, blah. The fact of the matter is we've taken way too long to come back. But now we're finally back with another show. You can blame bums on... Bums? Bums, oh, bums yeah. <laughs> blame all the derriers of the world. If you're an arse out there listening to our show, it's your fucking fault. I can't speak today. All the bums. bums you know, <laughs> all of the bums. <laughs> We blame you. Strange Freudian slip there. We're meant to say bubs. Bubs has not been very well. So um, we ended up having to take a longer break than we wanted to. As well. Yeah, absolutely. Because he didn't really kind of adjust well back from our holiday. You're doing it again. Do you know what? Just they already you. know that we've been you know on <laughs> no, not. Do you know what? There's no build up. There's nothing. It's just like, yeah, so what have you been up to? No yeah, just like been on holiday. We need to build up the fact that we went on holiday. What, what, what's, the, what's the fuck's important that people listen to this podcast if there's not no drama? There has to be like some like, you know, the, the beginning, <laughs> middle and end to this. You can't just start at the end and then work your way backwards. Well, I'm just saying that the reason that there was an extended, extended break was because my little bubble was not very well. He wasn't very well. He's back. He's back to back to good health, thankfully. Um, you know, touch so wood. touch wood, touch wood, touch wood. So why, Jojo B, was there a longer break outside of our bubs not being well? Because we decided to get married again. Was that the drama you were looking for? Um, did we? I would, I would, I would, I would, I would, no, I would, trying to make it more dramatic. We went on holiday for fuck's sake. Yeah, but to the Canary Islands. No, yes, we went to holiday to the Canary Islands to Lanzarote specifically. But it's a massive thing for us because it was our first holiday as this complete family unit. Well, oh, this is very true. That is very dramatic you and lovely. Fucking, this <laughs> fucking guy. It was a massive thing. You know, it might not be a big deal for you. For me, yeah, this was a massive, massive deal. Okay, rewind, 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 rewind. Delete this whole half of the show and start again. Right, rewind. Let's rewind time to a few weeks ago when we embarked on an adventure to the Canary Islands on our first family holiday. How was it for you, Judge (laughs) of You scum. (laughs) You besson sucking scum. You, you Gujarati discriminating person sucking I'm, scum. I'm not discriminating. You're Gujarati. I married you. My son is half Gujarati. But the, the fact is that neither you or right. him or, you know, much of the other Gujarati diaspora know how to leave make Besan London. Leave your bigoted views for your own podcast if you ever release one. Let's talk about the holiday. People have been asking me, like since I've been uh, putting on social media about the other little pictures and photos I've been putting up mm-hmm. with me and my bubs. On, on our break and how was the holiday and how child friendly it is mm-hmm. so how was it it was really really lovely mm-hmm. so we went to lanzarote yep um 
I think I've mentioned this before, but there's a group on Facebook called Mini Asian, which I have now become obsessed with because they're full of, um, like, they're just font of knowledge. Yeah. All the parents on there are amazing. And um, apart from the judgy ones. Um, and... Oh, so you're saying apart from the majority judgy ones? No, no, no. There's a lot of judgy people. There's just judgy parents everywhere on all forums and everything. Just fuck them. But yeah. anyway, so the nice ones, I put up a, a post saying, you know, I want to go on holiday thinking of a couple of places, but really unsure about what to do, where to go, how do we manage this? And a few people came back with this one suggestion for this hotel in Lanzarote. And I hadn't really thought about going to Lanzarote. It turned out to be a really good suggestion. Mm. The hotel were amazing. The place was amazing. It was, yeah, it was, I mean, obviously everywhere has like little niggly things that you have to work out. Of course. The kinks that you need to work out. But once we'd done that, the staff and everything, Everyone was just amazing. It was a hotel called Princess Yaza. Yes, that's correct. Luxury Prin- hotel suites. Yes, it's based in uh, Playa Blanca mm-hmm. in Lanzarote. Yeah, and it was stunning. The hotel was lovely. Our view, if you look at our social media, you'll be able to see the pictures. The view was stunning. Yeah, from our little uh, hotel room, it was yeah beautiful, lovely little balcony couple. Yeah. Of, couple of nice sun beds for us yeah. to lounge out on. Uh, yeah, you know, it was. Uh, I'm, I'll be honest, I was a skeptic when you first said to me, I think uh, Lanzarote is the place. I've looked at the, bud- the budget and I looked at like what we can do and all these bits. Because, you know, I'm, you know. I kind of blew the budget to be fair. You did <laughs> blow, place, yeah, the, the budget was, was blown Yeah, the uh, place completely. was five star, so. Um, yeah, it was a luxury trip there. Uh, but for me, you know, when I think of Lanzarote, I just think of like, you know, that typical... British abroad lager louting kind of. There was some of that. We saw some of that. Yeah, but you know, I it, it did break a lot of the stereotypes for me. It, it was actually, I suppose, also that we went <laughs> off season as well, so we didn't go in the in the heat of the summer where it's pretty much predominantly that kind of crowd. Yeah, because I was watching. <clears throat> sorry, my throat. I was watching the TripAdvisor reviews as I always do once I book somewhere. Right. So when I booked it, amazing reviews across the summer. This place is like a mini crash. This place is terrible. There's mm. screaming children everywhere. Oh my God. And I was like, oh shit, what have we done? Mm. But we got there and there was like, it felt like there was like 20 people in the whole hotel. Yeah. <laughs> it was really quiet and lovely. Yeah. It got it got busier the longer we were there. Yeah. And there were a lot of families there with like very small children. But it's a it's a family friendly hotel. So if you're yeah. gonna go in the summer holidays, expect lots of kids. Yes. Whereas yeah. where we went, there was lots of people with kind of smaller children, like preschool yeah, toddlers, children. Toddlers, you know, um ch- children from zero to like two, mm. uh, that sort of kind of age group, um, which is always easier to obviously go off season rather than being, a, you know, being restricted by only going within the school holidays. And lots of lovely older people as well. Just yes. really sweet older people. Well, I'd say the majority of the people there were like retirees, mm. almost people in their like 60s, uh, you know, 70s, uh, just wanting an awesome holiday that time of the year. It's September, it's autumn here, basically. And I was a bit worried because like you said, you, you have this kind of notion of the kind of person that goes to Lanzarote, mm. which is terrible because it's very judgmental. But yep. um, so some of the older people, I was a bit like, oh, no, these are the people that hate immigrants and read the Daily Mail. They oh, no. Brexit. But do you know what? I don't know. If, I don't think they would have been this way with us. But because of Bubs and the fact that he will charm anyone yep. literally anyone by just staring at them for long enough and then smiling 
everybody loved us. Yeah, he did become the star of the show uh, everywhere we went. When we popped down for breakfast, out for like restaurants for dinners. Yep. He became the center of attraction uh, because he's just a million dollar baby, you know, on a hundred dollar budget. Uh, <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah, uh, he, he pretty much besotted everybody and people warmed to us. Yeah. Which is really good. We were like the only Asians there as well. We Which is really weird because yeah. so many Asians recommended it to me. Yeah, that was really odd. I was expecting a few more because there were so many people that were um, suggesting it and recommending it. Mm. Um, but don't let that put you off. Well, it's you don't the, need to go places where there's just Asians, so it's fine. Yeah, you know, everyone just goes like, I'm going to go to India this year. Oh, my whole mom and daddy. Oh, yeah. So That's my parents true. have in their like 40 plus years in this country have never been on a holiday mm. outside of India other than the one that we took them to a couple of years back to Portugal. Yeah. So then my mom and dad are retired now and they said, you know what? We want to go on a holiday. My dad's going to, he's like, right. He roped in his best friend. And um, uh, so my uncle and auntie were like, we're going to come as well. And they were going to have like this proper lovely holiday together because they're all retired now. Mm. And uh, they had booked their flights to Thomas Cook. So while we were on holiday, they found out that they weren't going to be going on their yeah, holiday. Yeah, it was fucked up. I felt so bad. Yeah, felt so terrible for them, and so now they're just like, right, well, we're gonna go to India now next year. Well, this, <laughs> I think that's the biggest tragedy of it because they went to this like you know going out of their comfort zone to go towards this exotic location as, away from anywhere else they they've been in yeah, the world. They, they were gonna go to Tunisia, five star, yeah. lovely hotel in Tunisia, and now they're gonna revert back to type. And so we're I think just that's gonna go the stay bigger, in our house in Punjab. Yeah, that's that's almost the the biggest sadness that I find out of it. It's like, damn, you could have you know potentially gone to somewhere else. But yeah, you know, really sad to hear about Thomas Cook. I worked at Thomas Cook. Did you? Yes. I, and I'll tell the age I worked there was 12 years old. This is when kids could work, you see. Yeah. You could put them to work paper rounds and all that kind of stuff. Absolutely. So I was stacking brochures. I was uh, stacking brochures out in the front um, off um, the front shop as well. Did as they well pay the back. You? Yeah, I think I got paid like £10 a day. Which is like, honestly, back then was like, you know, make it rain on them hose kind of money. Yeah. You know, I was like proper loving life. My mom worked there. She was in the foreign exchange. And so I was there working with my mum. Um, it was honestly such amazing times for the summer of like early 90s. I can't remember which year it was, but it's sad for me to see it go. Um, you know, my very first workplace and all, you know, the thousands of people that have, you know, lost their jobs because of it. Is well, hopefully really going to be saved by Hayes Travel. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. They've picked up a whole bunch of their stores. And so hopefully some of the staff can can now move over to Hayes. Yeah, a bit, of a bit of a dilemma at the moment. Yeah, so we hope if you're going through that, if you happen to work for Thomas Cook and listen to us, yeah, that things work out for you guys. Yeah, fingers crossed. Yeah. But yeah, if you're thinking of booking a family holiday somewhere in Europe before Brexit, <laughs> uh, which you haven't got much time for, to be fair, but hopefully after Brexit, uh, if you'll still enable you to travel without the crazy fees and all that kind of shit added on top, then we highly recommend Princess Yaisa. Princess Yaisa. Princess Yaisa. Yeah, in Lanzarote, Playa Blanca. Yeah. Beautiful place, beautiful hotel, amazing locations, um, and just a chance for you to relax. And, you know, our bubs did scream a lot of the time, but if your child is a little bit more, you know, obedient, um, then, yeah, absolutely recommend it. So, yeah, as a holiday aside, what's been happening in the world while we've been gone? Well, first up, we were lucky enough to get a new review for our podcast. 
Yeah, they uh, they they're a little bit less frequent these days because I guess we don't tell people to um, not tell, ask, ask, well, politely tell, ask, please, politely ask. But you know, just you know, throw throw you know, throw some love our way. You know, everything we do is you know for the love of the people. Honest reviews. Honest reviews is what we ask for as well. And so, you know, if there's any that you can throw in our direction, then we'd be highly, highly appreciative of them. But we did get one recently from Naz the Don. What a name. It's just, it says everything it needs to on the tin right there, isn't it? Yeah. And he said, I'm just loving this podcast. Currently, I'm listening throughout my workday, eight hours of effing podcast blazing through my ears under my ear defenders. I'm about the same age as you pair. So music reviews are awesome and 100% relatable. Cheers, Mo the Welder. P.S. Don't tell the gaffers. Lol. Uh, well, <laughs> if you're listening in, yeah, if you're <laughs> listening in, um, construction company that Naz the Don or Mo the Welder, take your pick, uh, works for, then you know, just cut him some slack. Give him a break. You know, have a Kit Kat. Um, <laughs> we're loving Kit Kats at the moment. Are we allowed because, to? Uh, talk, are we allowed to talk about that? Uh, or about Snack Masters? Yeah, because it's like the new obsession. It is the new obsession um, because we love snacks. And we love kind of, well, you love your chef shows. So a lot of your favorite chefs are on Snack Masters taking on this challenge of re- replicating some of our favorite British snacks. Yeah. Um, so Kit Kat was on the other week. It was amazing. Yeah. It was amazing watching these two top Michelin starred chefs trying to figure out how the fuck to make a Kit Kat. Yeah. It was amazing. Vivek Singh was one of the dudes. So, yeah. you know, we had to throw our bias towards that direction and he won he did if you haven't watched it sorry spoiler spoiler that. <laughs> um but yeah we'll look forward to some of the other shows happening you know monster in the next munch few is weeks. next monster and we munch. are ready with our mu- packets of monster munch to watch while it while we watch it yeah man went out and bought a six pack pickled onion yep monster munch were you were you a pickled onion person or were you flaming hot pickled onion always see i was the same but then once i had the flaming hot no. It was it honestly no. it was a game changer. No. Pickled onion all the way. Okay. But anyway, like we love our snacks. We love our monster munch, so expect us to gorge on some uh during watching that show. Mm. We're talking of snacks. Didn't you recently get a, a lovely package come through the post for you? I did. Do you care to share some of the information on what this was all about? <laughs> so I um have an obsession with chocolate. As, no. as many of you might know. Shit. And so what I've recently kind of embarked on is a journey of trying to support smaller businesses yes. that make chocolate. Mm-hmm. So my first purchase had been from a company local in Newcastle called The Chocolate Smiths. Yep. Amazing. Very, very tasty. So then I was like, where, where else? Where else can I look? Where else can I look? And it just so happened that somebody that I've been following for a long, long time on social media mm. um, ha- makes chocolates so you don't find chocolate chocolate finds you yes basically it comes to me and uh so i purchased a lovely box of chocolates from uh a lovely person called anoop singh mommy or aka hungry sink hungry sink which is i think one of my favorite t- uh, social media handles ever yeah i'm sure there must be a, a plenty amount of people that would love to have had that same handle um don't follow him if you're on a diet because... <laughs> the, like we are. Yeah, exactly. We're permanently <laughs> meant to be on diets, but I'm hit, sitting here eating my time. But because um, when you see his feed of like... Because he goes to loves lovely restaurants everywhere. Mm. 
Oh, remember that life? I'm so I just, you know, life? you're just looking at your screen. Remember dribbling. that pre-baby life? I know. Tell me about it. But um, so yeah, he makes chocolates. He's been making like truffles and things at home for ages, and I've been watching this progression slowly. And then he was like, right, well, here's my latest, you know, set of chocolates, and he did won an award recently. Awesome for his salted caramel chocolate, which he makes with gourd. Oh, sick! Yes, I cannot. I cannot recommend that chocolate. Enough. I don't like gur. So if there's any way that I can have it without feeling nauseous, then... Why don't you like it? It tastes delicious. It tastes like caramel. The thought of gur, oh God. What? It's just, yeah, because I think I've been I've been haunted by it in the past when when uh, living at home. And sometimes the mummy spoil like gur at the side of a plate and stuff for me. That, and I didn't, oh, I love biting into so, it. It's so bad yeah, for you. I love biting into it. Yeah, you, everything that's bad for you is your But no, thing. it's full of iron, so it's better for you than sugar. But anyway... So, Hungry Thing, aka Anoop, um, has this lovely chocolate company. And I highly recommend you finding his uh, social media, Hungry Thing. Okay, follow him. Yep. And contact him and sort yourselves out with some lovely chocolate. We got salt, the salted caramel, which he yep. won an award for. And we got pistachio praline. Yes, lovely. And uh, there was some mint in this, spearmint flavor, and black forest flavor. I can't remember the rest. Yeah. They were delicious. Oh, just as we say that, Bubs has woken up. Yes. He's sitting there like inquisitively looking in our direction like, what the fuck are these two doing? Uh, if you hear any any noises like that, yeah. then that's just him. That's him just jamming in the background with his toys looking at us. This is the first time we've had him in the room as we've been recording the podcast. We thought we'd experiment with it a bit and see how we get along. Yeah. And if it works, great. If not, we ship them off to mums, isn't it? Basically, yes. Basically, basically that's how it's going to work. But he's going to be a a, a participant in today's show. How are you doing, Bubs? You okay? Say hi, Baba. Hello. Hi, hi. He's like... Because, you know, it's weird. Every time I wear like a hat or a pair of sunglasses, (laughs) he doesn't recognize me. (laughs) So right now I've got this pair of headphones on and a microphone. He's like, who is that dude? Who is that sexy, handsome man that could look a little bit like my dad, but not as awesome? He's happily playing now. Okay, let him jam. <laughs> yeah. So what has been happening then in the world since we've been out and about? I get the opportunity to say once again, fuck Preeti Patel. <laughs> yes. Well, we've spoken about her at length on numerous shows in the past. Uh, but this time she's caught the eye of pretty much most of Britain. Well, most of liberal Britain, I'd say. Yeah. So what exactly did she do, Jojo B? I think she's been saying more of the same. Mm-hmm. So more of the usual, I'm going to stop immigrants coming in. I'm going to put my foot down as Home Secretary kind of bollocks, right? Is, is this, a, uh, this is the first time I've heard her say some of this stuff. Like she think? Yeah, I think it's the first time I've heard her actually say outright, this is what we want to do. You know, we've, there's always been rumours of them wanting to introduce a kind of Australian-based point system. But for her to come out and say it in public at the Tory party conference, uh, it made it that much more, you know, significant. I think what made it worse, though, and what really got everyone's goat was the fucking face. Yes, the <laughs> it was, smirk. It was the smirk. It was the smugness. It was just the awfulness of her expression yeah. the fact that she was so self-satisfied 
in everything that she was saying. Yeah. And you just like, oh, that face. Yeah, it was almost like, oh. you know, when like, the emperor uh, in, I think it was Revenge of the Sith, uh, where he comes up on stage and says, we're down with democracy. We're now going to introduce an empire in the, in the galaxy and all this blah, blah, blah. And everyone, all these people start clapping and cheering. And it's just like, what the fuck are you people crazy? And that's exactly what it's like with all the Tory party members sitting there clapping away as she's got a smirk face on, like Bond villain style. Yeah, and she said something about... I don't think it was in this speech, but at some other point, she said something about how it's not really the prime minister job that everybody wants. It's the home, uh, it's the home secretary's really? job. Yeah, Shit. she's so fucking up her own ass. It's unbelievable. Like she's so smug about mm. where she's got to in life. Yeah. And I don't care if people are like, oh, well, she's an Asian and she's got to like such a high and a position. Woman, an Asian woman. Yeah, I don't give a shit. She is an awful person with awful beliefs, in my opinion. You <laughs> yeah. may agree with her and you may listen to us and you might be shouting at whatever listening device well, you're listening if, through. Well, well, if, people, but, if people agree with her and listen to our show, then there is really something wrong in the world. No. People can have different differing beliefs, and I, and I I'm not going to sound like Ellen, right? <laughs> <laughs> but people can have differing beliefs, and that's fine. And you can still mix with each other and whatever. But she is fundamentally everything that I am against in mm, life. Yeah. And I cannot. I mean, I've said it a million times. I can't stand the woman and everything she stands for, especially at the moment. She's just the worst of the worst. Yeah, yeah. And I think I'd let her daughter of an immigrant. Um, you know, saying these things is going to rub the North London metropolitan liberal elite up the wrong way. Uh, that didn't sit too well with me. No, because that's how she justifies everything. I can yeah. be a racist bitch because I'm the daughter of an immigrant. Yeah, precisely. And do you know what? No, you can't. We know that you're being racist. We know that you're being awful. We know that you have many, many prejudices against many, many people, yeah. which if they'd held those pre prejudices against you and your family when you tried to come over here, exactly. you would still be stuck in Uganda. Yep. You know, so just shut the fuck up. Yeah, she does not represent me. She does not represent my people. Um, and yeah, fuck Preeti Patel, which we'll say again on umpteenth occasion. That should just be our slogan. <laughs> exactly. Um, we're talking about racism and Asian women. Naga Manchetti. Yes. Also that, happened recently on yeah, the BBC. Yeah, happened while we were away as well, didn't it? Yeah, exactly. We're There's no drama it. while we were away. That's the thing. We leave you people for like 10 days and then look what you, look what you do all to the, the country. All the racial drama. Yeah. <laughs> all at once. All the juicy gossip. Um, it didn't surprise me. Mm. When I kind of like figured out what was going on, yeah, I wasn't surprised that that's the way it went, yeah. and that she would. I mean, there was like what one complaint or two complaints. Yeah, there was like very few complaints basically, and they were upheld because you know a couple of people were really upset about the fact that she had had an experience that she spoke about that she was asked about by her white co-presenter, white male co-presenter, mm. and so he said. In your opinion, and yeah. so she gave her opinion in and her experience of what those words meant to her. Absolutely. And, you know, being told to go back home, if you're, you know, of colour like we are, then we know what that means. Yes. And we've all been told to go back home at some point or another in our lives. Yep. So, like, she was just giving her opinion and that offended what I assume, and I think it's probably safe to assume this, yep. was probably an old white 
TV Executive. viewer. Executive. Yeah. No, a viewer. a viewer. And then it got upheld by these yeah. executives. Exactly. Who were scared to, you know, offend anyone of the right wing nature because, you know, there are rumors that the BBC is going down that kind of route. Mm. But she was made to be almost like the the full person in all this. When, well, obviously, because she's a woman and also because she's of colour. Yeah. When we've seen so many occasions of, uh, I don't want to say us versus them. It is, this is not what we were about. No, you know, but then we've but, all experienced those words and being asked to give our... Opinion on it. Opinion and how our own experiences of having heard those words said to us yeah. and then being told, oh, you're not allowed to do that. Yeah. It's bullshit. I don't. I'm not a big fan of Nagamanchetti generally. Like I can't. Okay. Wa- I can't watch BBC Breakfast because okay. I just. I cannot stand the line of questioning that they have. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm not a fan of hers, but it's not about me liking her as a person. It's the principle of what happened to her, which is wrong, yeah, yeah. and it could happen to any other presenter. And it's just. It's ridiculous. And it happens time and time again. It used to happen time and time again and nothing would be done and no one would be able to say anything and you just kind of shut up and got on with it. Yeah. We don't live in that time anymore. Yeah. People can call it out and it was called out for a bit for what it was. Which yeah. Is a load of bollocks. Well, like I said, it's all been sort of, it feels like it's all been kind of brushed under the carpet now and kind of moved on with the situation. But when uh, it came, when it, you know, came to the fore that actually they, the complaint had also been made against her co-presenter. Yeah. Then it was like, oh shit oh shit what we do because we didn't punish him yeah exactly and then everything just went quiet and I, I, I haven't heard anything from her like where is she that's the thing i'm not yeah I've, unless there's been well we were away on holiday so we're yeah. not quite sure whether she did like a public statement on the whole situation she probably wasn't allowed to no maybe not she's she just, just quietly, on holiday yeah. or something. <laughs> she just quietly got on with her business isn't it with her business the lanzarote as well mate <laughs> working the tan because that's what we all need isn't it um <laughs> Yeah, so crazy stuff happening while we were away. And also, uh, we spoke about this a few shows ago. Mm-hmm. There's going to be a new Punjabi family on EastEnders. Oh, yes. They are now on EastEnders. Yes, they are. Big up. Um, yeah, so we don't watch EastEnders. Should we? No, we sh- I mean, I don't mind starting to watch it again. I used to be obsessed with it years ago. Mm. Uh, I'd like to see how this family fit in and what their like, storylines are going to be yeah. and stuff. But... You know, we just don't have the time in the day to watch this much TV. Yeah. But we should check them out. Yeah, I'd like I to. Just, I'd like I'd, to support. Definitely. I want to see. Yeah, exactly. I want to see. Hopefully, there's been some improvements uh, in that aspect on how Asians are represented on that show. We spoke to Amit Janna on our last show, the London, London Miller special. Yeah. And, you know, he was giving his advice on the boys from his experience being part of EastEnders back in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, and how, you know, like uh, Nitin Ganatra has been like such a stalwart of that show for so many years. And he's changed so much compared to the old racial stereotypes of the old 80s and 90s of yeah, Asians being on there. A lot more influence, which is what was needed because I think you get, and I don't think it's done on, like, you know, with any kind of malice or anything, but they get things wrong. Yeah. If they're not from that background, that sometimes writers get things wrong. Yeah. And they should be consulting either the actors who are playing those characters or, yeah. you know, having some kind of consultant from that background. Yes. And... Nathan Ganatra has been that person, I think, yeah. from what Amit was saying. Yeah, exactly. So hopefully uh, the storylines with these new boys will be something that's a little bit closer to or more relatable to our everyday lives uh, being British Asians today. But I was actually lucky enough to meet Jazz Deal, who plays one of the Panessa brothers, uh, the one in the podka, uh, Kirat, at the recent uh, Mushi uh, press night at the Rifko Theatre in Watford. 
Take you out schmoozing. Exactly. Goop shopping with all the stars. Um, and I'm going to be reviewing Mushy on the second half of this show, which is coming up after this short break. Immigrants Podcast. I'm Swami Barakas. And I'm Jojo B. And something I forgot to add about our holiday was I finally learned that Jojo B is not actually Asian. What? So being Asian, there's a lot of, you know, cultural traits and things that are very much upheld within the way we are, the way we talk and the things that we do. Uh, and one of those things is the ability to barter now, Jojo B, I've learned, on, and I should have actually learned this from a number of holidays. She cannot barter for shit. So what? if something offers you uh, a product in a shop at one of these kind of like small marketplaces, if they say to you it's, it's 10 euros, you would just pay 10 euros to this person. No, I wouldn't. Yes, you would. No. Yes, you would. But the day that we went shopping, I couldn't be bothered. That, no, <laughs> I'm so tired. No, it's like, you know, because someone, I was trying to buy a pair of cheap sunglasses. This woman said uh, 10 euros. And I was like, yeah, no, I'm, I'm not going to, you know, thank you very much. I'm off. They went to us 10 euros. Yeah, I wasn't going to pay, no, I wasn't going to pay any more than five. And then she was like, uh, okay, eight euros. And you were like, look, Take it, eight euros, you know, come on. What you, what, Do you know what why? Because you... this is like the the 15th shop that we'd been in and looked at all the same fucking sunglasses in every single shop. And he was mm. like, oh, I'm not sure about this one. I'm not sure about this. I'm not sure about this. Mm. I'm not sure about this. And I was like, look, you left your good ones at home. Just buy any old shit now and just yeah. go on with it. Yeah, but you also did this at Morocco. You weren't able to barter there either. I had to do the bartering for you. Because you couldn't barter. I can barter, no, but you you're better at it than me. I will admit that you are better. I can barter. But what I do is I go half price. He goes like 75% off. <laughs> Fuck yeah, I do. <laughs> no, so, and you're good, Rathi. You're, like, you're, it's in your blood to be better than, than this kind of stuff than me. No, that's true. That's why we've ascended the ranks of you know society and economy in business. Uh, so there you go. We can't make besen, obviously. According to you. No, you can't. But we can't barter the shit out of these yeah, people. You can. You lot are tight. You know how to do it. Fuck yeah. Well, so, so there you go. So Jojo B does have a little bit of Asian in her. <laughs> she has a lot of Asian in her. Very, very, very long Asian in her. Um, right. So, you are so terrible. I currently don't. <laughs> please, don't imagine these things. Yes, please. This is a family-friendly show. Um, <laughs> no. Clearly not. Uh, right, so on this half of the show, we're going to be doing some reviews. Okay. <laughs> yes. yes. Uh, so firstly, something that I went to go see, uh, Joji B was unable to go to this. Usually this would have been something with, for both of us to share the old days. experience, yeah, when we used to be invited to all these uh, events and places to mingle and check out what's happening right now in the world of arts and culture in the British Asian community. But this time it was just me. Self-date. Self-date. Well, actually, I took my brother Ashish 
bro date. date. Bro date, yeah. We went for a bro date. Is that a thing? I don't know, but I'm going to make it can one. You, can you go out on like dates with your bro? Oh, you do. <laughs> 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 Fucking hell. We're, look, look, look where this show has descended to. Um, but yeah, so he's a, he's a filmmaker and I thought this would be nice for him to check out, you know, some, some, you know, celebrity types. And he's a friend of Jazz Deal, who I mentioned in the first <laughs> Check out some celebrity types. He works on Hollywood films. That's true, actually, yeah. <laughs> like, he's met everyone. Yeah. He, to be fair, he's worked on, like, the biggest A-list Hollywood films. Oh, Will know, Smith. Will Smith, yeah. Will Smith. Yeah, all the Star Wars crew, you know, so he's, he's goop shopping with the right people, bro. Yeah, he doesn't need us for celebrities. Well, I thought I'd do him a favour by taking him down to see some real celebrities. Still waiting for him the to world. introduce me to Chris Hemsworth. Okay, but calm the fuck down. You're a married woman. Come on. Not when it comes to Chris Hemsworth, I'm not. Well, there you go. He's you on it, my list. You heard it here first. He's top of the list. So. <laughs> Giving away way too much information here, Judge Beach. If I tell people who's top of my list... Who's top of your list? No, I don't know, because the list is the allowed list. I can't say anything, and you can't say anything. So right. I, need, I need to have a thorough, proper think about it now. Because you know the list that I had... When I was like 25, 30. So now you've been and stuff. Yeah. It's probably a different list of what I'd have like now in my in this Basha Basu was the one that you used to Bip be Bip in. Ice, oh my God. Basha Basu, come on. Come on. My she's still a beautiful lady. She is a very beautiful lady. So she should still remain on your list, surely. But it's been like, you know, there's been like whole like influx of women in the last like 10 years since she's come out. That I'm kind of like, eh, you know. I mean, I would, I still would. I mean, I mean, it's good to like broaden your horizons. Yeah, revise the list every so often. But Chris Hemsworth been top Always of the list for a long time. At least you're, you know, you loyal. You know what I mean, well, yes. Yeah, but anyway, so we went to go see a theatre production that was mentioned on our last show by Amit Janna, who was also directing this play. It's called Mushy, lyrically speaking, mm-hmm. and it's about the story of I don't. Do you ever watch Educating Yorkshire? I didn't, but then I went back and watched some of it so right. I could understand the hype at that time. Yeah. It had kind of passed me by a little bit and then there was loads of hype about it, so I went back and watched some of it. Yeah, I, I'll be honest, I didn't quite catch it myself the first time it came around. Um, but there was a student in there that won a lot of hearts around the UK. Yes, A did. lad by the name of Mushy, yep. who had a stammer. And his um, journey over the course of that show um, became... A massive thing. Uh, he ended up winning a BAFTA, um, mm-hmm. you know, and him and his uh, teacher, the a teacher that he was very close with at the time, Mr. Burton, mm-hmm. um, the crux of their story was quite a, you know, the a significant part of that show. But you don't quite know what happened to them thereafter. They, everyone kind of thinks that they were, he was, I'm uh, sorry, that he was um, cured and everything was kinky dory, but that's not actually the case. You know, the show ends, but his actual story and him going forward is so much more, you know, complex and the struggle is still there. It's you know? an ongoing thing, isn't it? If you have a stammer, I think that it's quite hard to kind of stop having a stammer. You have It's a constant, like, not battle, but you have to constantly work at not stammering. Yeah. So, um, so but that's what it details in this particular play itself, which is a musical and it's done in rap format for the songs. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, so, Rax, Rackstar... Uh, delivers the lyrics for these, which is great. And the music is by our friend Neeraj Jug. Oh, Neeraj. Yes. And directed by Amit Janna, as I said previously. And it's based off a book by Pravesh Kumar. And it is actually a really, really good production. I'm not going to lie. I went into it with a little bit of scepticism. 
We've seen some British Asian theatre productions in the past. Yeah. Uh, some of them very good. Mm-hmm. Some of them, yeah. Yeah. You know, and um, you know, and I guess the basis of it, I thought with the the people that were involved, it had the makings of what would be a very very good play. Yeah. But you know, the execution, storyline, the concept, and the delivery of it could be something completely different. Yeah. But they actually did a very very good job. Uh, the main role of Mushi is played by Varun Raj, who did a very, very good job. And he, you know, you could tell he'd worked a lot on his, uh, the rap stuff with Rax. And there'd been a lot of rehearsals and a lot of going over this stuff because okay. he delivered it very, very well. Yeah, because it's a skill to be able to rap. Yeah, obviously, bruv. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Man's is already skilled in this shit. Um, but did a very, very good job. And... I think for me, the star of the show is Medavi Patel, who plays... Well, actually, I say plays. There's three actors in this play mm-hmm. who play a multitude of roles. Oh, really? Yeah. I well, did not know that. Varun Raj plays uh, the role of Mushid. He's the only one that plays one role. You have two other actors. One is Medavi Patel, who plays like so many roles, including Mushi's mother. Does that get confusing? It did initially when when I saw her come back on stage as somebody else. And it was like, oh, okay. So they obviously haven't got much of a budget. But after a while, you completely forget that it's, you know, that specific person playing each of those roles. That's a sign of a good actor. Absolutely. It just flows really, really nicely. And um, Oliver Longstaff, who plays the role of Mr. Burton, Mm -hmm. but he also plays the role of like a dancing girl in one bit. Then he plays this like... um, other Asian auntie that turns up uh, to kind of boast about her business in front of Mushi's mum. It's it's it was so ridiculously surreal and kind of slapstick in terms See, of the now, look. Now was that really off-putting? It was or not. It was it was very humorous. Okay, fine. And I think it was done with that in mind. Right. But then you kind of think you know with with three actors, there's only so much that you can kind of get away with in terms yeah. of the different roles and the different you know the way people look, etc. Um, but skill. I think people it is a skill people people realize who these people like who each actor was so it was a bit of a joke haha kind of thing yeah but when it comes to Medhavi Patel and the complexities of all the different roles um, she smashed it she did a very very good job for me she was the real star of that show okay um, because some of my favorite parts of the play were the dialogue and the conversations between Mushi and his mum Mm-hmm. Because each of them have actually got a, you know a big struggle. Him in terms of his stammer and the way he's progressing through society, and you know whether he can achieve the thing he, things that he wants to achieve. And his mum, she's also struggling in the fact that she hasn't really integrated in British society yet. Right. Her English is pretty much non-existent. Okay. And so she's finding it hard to integrate. Being a mother, having to raise all these kids by herself. Um, His dad's not in the picture anymore. Um, So she's pretty much a single parent. And so she just has to get on with life as so many single parents have to do. Yeah. But it's much more difficult when you're Pakistani and you can hardly speak the language and then trying to integrate into society. Right. And there's there's a one great conversation between the two of them where they're almost fighting their each of their struggles against each other. But in actual fact, it's pretty much like they're both going through the same the same things, but it's like you know you're you're almost like kind of conflicted so in so many different ways, yeah, yeah, for me, it was just a really, really good production. I mean, 
obviously directed it very, very well. The three lead actors are brilliant, especially Medhavi Patel. Mm -hmm. It was just really heartwarming, just really poignant. And it captured his story very, very well. And it also tackled a lot of tackled a lot of issues in society, specifically with our communities as well. And again, we're always talking about British Asian productions and how sometimes they can be quite stereotypical. And where's like the interesting storylines involving our communities, whether on film, TV or theatre. Mm. And here is a production that's a very original story. Yeah. It's based on a true life story. Yeah. And they've elaborated on it really well. They've gone for rap, which you don't, again, you don't see too much uh, musical based theatre with rap apart from like Hamilton. Yeah, it's true. You very know? true. Yep. And, um, and it was just, it's just a very, very good production. You know, highly, highly recommend it. Uh, it was actually showing at, uh, <laughs> this is the thing, we've been away from the podcast for so long. It's actually done a mini tour of the UK in Aww. that time period. Well, I hope people got, got out to see it and supported it. Yeah. And I'm sure that if there's enough interest and enough support that they could bring it back. Yeah, exactly. You know, the, a good story doesn't get out of date. Exactly. It doesn't go out of date. It just kind of, it stays relevant. Yeah, 100%. It, it showed at uh, Rifko at the Watford Palace Theatre. Uh, and then it went on to Birmingham, did a showing at Dalston here in London. Uh -huh. And also at Leeds Playhouse, which is currently showing up to the 12th of October. So okay. So if you're out and about in Leeds wanting to watch something amazing, then Mushi is playing. Uh, so definitely go down to watch it. You've only got a few days left to check it out. Hopefully it will be touring again in the UK. There's plenty of cities around the rest of the UK, which I think need to see this production. Okay. And so, yeah, support it. Support it wherever you're at going forward. Also, talking about support, we're going to be talking about some music and new British Asian tracks that you need to check out. This is how important we are now. People have been sending us press releases I know. with their shit. Big up <laughs> all that, you artists. How did that start happening? Yeah, when have we become like influential tastemakers? Like, I think from. We're going to take that label. Yeah, man, I, bruv, I will put it on my chest and run with it, fam. Because don't influencers get loads of free stuff? So people want to send us free clothes, free food. People send us free music. On well, maternity leave, we don't have that much money at the moment, so some food would be great. Yeah, true. And true. some clothes would be really nice. Clothes would be awesome. Um, you know, if you got like... We'll even put it on bubs. We're not going to put like an extra large t-shirt on bubs, are we? No, no, but if you send us baby versions of stuff, we'll just put like a <laughs> smiley face over his face. Yeah. But then like we'll take we a picture. All our social media yeah, we'll take a picture of him wearing the t-shirt and stuff. So yeah. Send it, send it. Although he's got more clothes than both of us. Fuck yeah, he does. Uh, yeah. So anyway, back to the music and the yeah, press music. Releases. So we've been getting some new music coming through from people, which we do want to champion and support on this show. What is the first one, Jojo B? First one is obviously lovely friend of the show, beautiful lady, beautiful voice, beautiful Ms. husband. <laughs> yeah, you two got a thing, uh, Ms. Rita Mara. Shout out to Rita, listener of the show as well. So it's double bonus for our end. Yes, she's a beaut. Uh, she's got a track, or oh, it's already come out. Yeah, exactly, because exactly. been away. She said it to us weeks ago. <laughs> and since our last podcast where there's so much music that's come out and we're talking about it like a month later, but it's still out there. So please go out and support. We're only a couple of weeks behind on this one. It came out on the 20th of September. 
Oh, okay, fair play. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's called Signs, the UKG mix. Oh, garage vibes. Yeah. That's tapping right into our age group right there, fam. Yes, brother. You're not my brother, you're my husband. You're my brother. <laughs> my brother. My brother. My brother. My brethren slash lover. My brother. <laughs> we need to bring that back, bruv. Well, I know that was a whole Valentine thing from last year. Oh, God, I forgot about that. Anyway, look. Shout out to all the brothers out there. Yeah. Meet your and her husband. Yep. Um, so this is, yeah, a new track that she's brought out and it's vibesy. Big up. Yes, it's very, very like bouncy garage. Yeah, right. I haven't really heard Rita any kind of garage stuff. Most of hers is kind of either Hindi or like, you know, electro kind of Asian underground drum bass kind of vibe. Well, this works. <laughs> <laughs> and I like it. Big up. Yes, I do. Uh, just a little bit about the track. So yeah. it's produced by uh, someone called D Steel. Shout out to D Steel. Yep. And uh, this has been released by the independent label Redside Records, who are going to be working more with Rita this awesome, year. Awesome, awesome. And doing some like exciting things towards the end of this year, I think. Excellent. Uh, yeah, so go out, listen to it, download it, buy it. Stream it, I think is the, what you want to say right at the top, for fuck's sake, you old bastard. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what it. you young people do anymore. Go out and get it on cassette at Eating Road, <laughs> down one of the record stands. <laughs> it should be available on Betamax somewhere out there as well. Pissed off. Is mini discs? Do people still have mini discs? Mini discs? Yeah. I know some people, because there's like a revival for people getting like iPods. What? Yeah, because you know what? Like, you used to be able to store so much music. Yeah. It's true. I never had an iPod because I didn't do Apple, yeah. but I always used to have MP3 players. Yeah. And they stored so much music. That's so Whereas true. On your phone, like you've got apps and stuff and it just, oh, there's not enough storage space. And, true. But all the music that I do have on my phone is circa kind of 2004 to about 2008, 2009. Peak JoJo B <laughs> That's the, the music. That it, it hasn't expanded beyond that. Yeah. Because everything else is from Spotify now. Back when you had a life. I can't even argue with that. Yes. Back <laughs> when I had a life. Um, yeah. Since then, Spotify. Exactly. So Spotify comes first. So stream Rita's new track first yes. and foremost. Yes, please. Then do all that old school stuff afterwards. Buy basically. it if you really want to. Yeah, yeah, buy it, you know. Support. Store it on your MP3 players to listen to. Yes, do all of those things. And, you know, And then wake support. up to 2019. What just support is yeah. what I'm trying to say. Support. Yes, support her indeed. Um, but yeah, we also want to mention an artist by the name of Hyphen, who is British Asian. So that's all up our street. Yeah. Uh, he's a rapper and he's just released a brand new single called Feels Right. And he's actually performed at Reading and Leeds. Shout to him. You yeah. Know? I thought I was the only Asian rapper that had performed there. No, he's taking your mantle. But I was, who was the first though? Who was the first? The first was probably like Pav, Foreign Burgers and shit. You know what I mean? So, but, yeah, or Apache Indian or something. Yeah. Rapper? Well, no. Rapper. That's the thing. That's We're all class under the same shit, innit? Yeah. I'm, like, I'm sorry, Burgers. So what do you do? He's a DJ. <laughs> Fucking, I get that the all the time. My mom and I think you're a singer. The moment I think, yeah, <laughs> think I'm a singer. You know, my dad, your dad was one of the first conversations he's had with me. So, you know, you, oh, you do singing. He goes, so do you like guzzles? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, uh, oh, yeah, I, I, so I can, I, I'm, you know, I can partial to a Jagjit sing or, a, you know, to or a Nusrat track. Or, good, good, because my dad loves you know. Jagjit. But that's the thing, because if I start that, if I start that process and say, yes, I do. Then he'll just go into a whole thing about guzzles with me. And he'll want you to sing guzzles. Yeah. He wants to do like a Mayfield night for him. <laughs> <laughs> he'll invite everybody around. You sitting on the floor singing guzzles. 
Yeah, you know, like Mehdi Hassan style and shit. Do you know what I mean? Like, I <laughs> you know, like, and you know, sitting like, you know, cross legged and shit, you know, at the front with like a double player, you know, and then I'll be, I'll be spitting like the recipe. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like, it's not quite what we had in mind, son. So, yeah, my dad loves guzzles. Yeah, shout, yeah, shout, shout, <laughs> shout to dad. Um, but yeah, um, hyphen. Yeah, you know, we, we sp- spoke about uh, the history of British Asian music a couple of shows ago and how, what is the future? of this scene this industry mm-hmm. this movement and we're always looking for the next stars the next singers the next talent uh and someone like hyphen could be that you know we checked out a few of his tracks very different to kind of style that i kind of expected um because he had his own like unique kind of vibe and a unique kind of style i remember but i really liked it yeah it kind of like was totally different to someone like i remember the guy called cynical if you remember from a few years back he had his own kind of like unique kind of style, Asian rapper. Mm. And when I when I listen to Hyphen, he kind of reminds me of that. Not the same sonically, but in terms of him having a very distinct sound and distinct yeah. way of delivering and his flow and the music, obviously, that accompanies it. You it's always good to have a signature sound. Yeah, because it separates you from the rest of this cattle market that's running around trying to do itself over and, you know. Yeah. Also, we've spoken about how Asians don't show don't show support, show support, show, 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 show support, yeah, and that we should be doing what we can, yeah. And we're you know we've got this lovely little podcast, this little platform, yeah, and we're here to show support, yeah, exactly, to the people that we think are good. I uh, deserve you know, that. It, yes, it, it, it's not even deserve it. It's just that it's our taste. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So we will always support the people that we enjoy listening to yes and so we enjoyed listening to hyphen in the same way that we enjoyed listening to rita exactly and so we, that's why we support and push 100 percent. there's so many people so many artists there that don't necessarily have any platform uh to get their music heard and showcased uh or mentioned even you know if our little podcast can go a little way into enabling you to take the stepping stones towards a much bigger and brighter future then hopefully we'll have played our part. Yes. Thank us later in your award speech with uh, a blank check. And lastly, music-wise, now we literally just heard this tune. Yeah. And they probably don't need the support from us. No, because this is going to be... Because they've got plenty of their own support. They'll have masses of support because it's one of the biggest hyped Asian urban tunes of recent times. Yes. Like people have been like since it was there was little snippets of it that came out on social media a little while back and it was like oh shit this is sounding a bit sick. Can I just ask though is this Asian hype mm. or is this like mainstream hype? It's more mainstream hype but when you've got a big Asian artist on the track yes then all of a sudden that whole movement you're actually t- bringing two massive movements together in one massive like unstoppable machine which is a beautiful thing it's amazing you know which is i think the other thing we'll talk about as well with this track which i'll mention later on but the track we're talking about is steel bangles and mist and steph london yeah and sidhu musawala yeah 47 now we now i've heard a few snippets of it mist put a few up on his social media a little while back I think Bangles did the same. Yeah. Recently, you saw uh, Steph put a little bit on hers. 
Uh, and yeah, it's just been bubbling and brewing. It recently got leaked as well. How do you see that leak? I mean, with these things, it's going to come from the studio. So someone internally did it. Mm. Now I'm really cynical with these things. It creates hype if you if you leak a track or if you <laughs> oh, leak if you leak anything when it comes to anything in entertainment. So I reckon it was just an inside job, <laughs> and and I don't blame them. It's good marketing. It is great I, marketing. I don't think that it's a bad thing that they did that. No, because it wasn't like weeks and weeks before the release. We we're only talking about a few days. Yeah. Uh, and if anything, like you know, it what it does is it whets the appetite for the video to come out, and because the video dropped at the same time as the music dropping out there. And so all of a sudden now you've got like this catapult that's just like yeah. gathering and growing. I didn't hear the leaked version. I don't know if it, it was the final version. Apparently from people talking about it, it pretty much was the same thing. Oh, was it? You know, but it is what it is. You know, it's kind of like it is a track that will, wouldn't have needed the kind of hype and the build up or the leak. It still would have been massive yeah. once it dropped. But it adds to the fun. It, has, it all adds to the, the shenanigans. Um, but... It is an absolute banger. I fucking love this tune. Like, and I'm not even a Bhangra guy. I'm not even a Punjabi guy. But the beat, like Sidhu, like I don't know what he's talking about, but he sounds sick on it. Can I be honest here? I'm Punjabi and I haven't got a clue what he's on about. Wow. I don't know if it's just because my Punjabi is rubbish. Mm. But the thing is, with my Punjabi, you see, it's like, I speak home Punjabi. What mm. he's singing is not home Punjabi. <laughs> so what's he singing? So he's like, I don't know. That's the thing. <laughs> but it's not what you would say at home is what I'm guessing. Right. Given that if you, if you like, I mean, if you see the video, they wander around with guns and stuff. It's not yeah. the kind of stuff that I talk about at home with my mom and dad. So I'm guessing that it wasn't meant for me. Mm. To understand properly. Yeah, the gun, it was a, uh, an overabundance of guns in the video. And, and the the Swami Barakas of today, you know, doesn't really condemn that level of, uh, you know. Condemn or condone? Condone that level of gratuitous violence. Look. But the Swami Barakas of old would be loving those kind of tunes. All of the tracks I listened to in the 90s were all about gun clapping and shooting the shit out of someone. Yeah. And so, you know, I can't be contradictory now and be sort of like, yeah, uh, I've done, I'm against guns in videos because that's slightly hypocritical. I think the only problem that I have is that, and I guess this is the music back then as well. It was, it's just, it was made at a time when there was lots of violence hmm. in the 90s and now, but you've got to look at what, the what what is going on mm. currently, especially in London, yeah, yeah, and actually in a lot of the major cities across Britain, and there's a lot of knife crime and a lot of gun crime mm. with kids shooting kids, yeah, yeah, and so it's not like it, there's no need to glamorize it because that's what that song does. It's not about living in that environment and dealing with that stuff day to day and all mm. that kind of stuff. It's very much like. A glamorous, like here's yeah. yeah, here's me with two AK forty seven. Yeah, and I just I don't it's a like visual, it. Though. Yeah, I don't, no, but yeah, I no, just, I totally get. I you. just don't. I just don't think there's any need for it. But I think that I mean I haven't really kept up with Bangla and Punjabi music recently of the, of late. I don't haven't been listening to it. For yeah, because isn't, isn't it a massive thing in Punjab? Well, it seems no. That's the thing. Not in the Punjab that I know of. Yeah, but, but these the music, these, the music. But in the music, it never used to be. 
as in I'm talking about currently the current, trend. Well, that's the thing. I haven't kept up with it, but I don't understand why it would be. But then Punjab is not the place that, you know, when I used to go to as a kid, it's not that place anymore. Mm. There's a lot of drugs, there's a lot of violence, and there probably is a lot of guns and knife in it and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. In the same way that's happening here because drugs have kind of overrun the state. Yeah. So... But I don't think that's a glamorous thing. I don't mm. think that's a great thing to be doing is to be like, you know, you see those videos of people. They always used to show them on the news in the Middle East of guys who are just celebrating whatever. And it doesn't matter if they were like, they were just celebrating something and being happy about something and be shooting off some guns. Yeah, yeah. That's what I think this kind of is ending up like. Mm. And I just, I just don't understand. I don't yeah. understand it because it doesn't need to be there. Although the song's called 47 because it's all about that. Exactly, exactly. Which is why I think I might have to get my dad to listen to it and tell me what it actually all means. <laughs> can you imagine? Uh, can, can we film your dad watching this this tune and then like giving us his honest appraisal like, of it? Akiya Bukwaski. <laughs> <laughs> oh my days. But, I mean, I can't deny that if I just don't try and listen, or don't try and understand, yeah. and I just don't look at the video... It's a banger. It's bruv. It you know, it'll sick. get your shoulders it's bopping. It'll get you on into kind of have a little jig. But I'm j- I'm not down with the guns. I can't. I can't be down with that. No, you know, we've got to look at things from a parental perspective. That's not the the world it's that not, we want to have bubs living in. But, but then, it's not even as a parent. I just think it's just like I get it when you're singing like I'm from the streets and I'm singing about the streets or yeah. I'm rapping about the streets. This is my life that I've led. Yeah, I get that like those 90s rappers did, yeah. like a lot of the grime artists do now, right? Yeah. But I don't think that that's what this what, that I don't think that this is what that is. Mm, yeah. So it's just unnecessary. Unnecessary, yeah. But yeah, I, do, I think with music, you've got to take it as a bit of entertainment. And yeah. this track, it, it ticks all the boxes of what would be formulaic for a massive banger. All of them work perfectly together yeah it sounds all the elements are just amazing like the, the beat is sick the, the the production on it overall is amazing like it all flows they all sound like they should be on the track there's you know usually there's one person that sounds like they shouldn't be on the track yeah, yeah. they all sound like they should be on the track mm-hmm. they all sound like they're having a good time yeah and it, it does sound amazing and Sidhu Mus- uh, Musawala's voice yeah is amazing yeah like it sounds really really strong yes yes but yeah, it's just that it's just that bit that I'm just like, oh man, mm. like okay. So the b- visual, I'd like you said, the visual looks very powerful. Yes, but they're not Scarface, <laughs> and I think do you know what it is. I think like all ethnic minorities need to stop wanting to be that Scarface poster that used to be in everyone's room in the '90s mm. and early 2000s, like in your student sto- uh, like dorm <laughs> University, room. Yeah. yeah, you you're not you are not Scarface. <laughs> Okay, so let's talk about the whole uh, aspect of potential cultural appropriation as well with this track. There's been a lot said on social media in terms of, you know, that Steph and the way she looks and the way, you know, there's a couple of little videos of them kind of like mimicking what Sidhu's saying and things like that. Um, And there's been a a, not massive outcry, but there has been certain circles that were kind of like, you know, that's not right and it shouldn't be um you know mimic not mimicking or you know that sort of thing with with what he's saying and the way she looks etc hmm. you know where do you stand on that 
So when I first saw it, I was like, oh, what you doing? Mm. What is this? But then actually, in the context of of seeing the video, yeah, I don't think she is taking the piss. I think no. she's just enjoying the track. Her and her girls are just enjoying the track. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, no, they can't speak Punjabi, but they're actually loving whatever's going on. Yeah, exactly. You know? And, yeah, I don't, I don't think... And plus, like, I mean, we culturally appropriate when it comes to hip-hop culture. Absolutely. Right? Urban black culture, let's just say yeah, it. Yeah, right? So we we can't then go, well, you can't appropriate us. Yeah. Because I don't even think that that's what's going on here. I can't, like, I have called out cultural appropriation before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, and I think, like, we can only do it to a certain extent. Like, you can't, like, it's, when it's mainstream, we've had this conversation, when it's mainstream yeah. culture, it's not culturally appropriating. Yes. She wasn't culturally appropriate because she was on the track where this was all happening. Yes. I think when it's cultural appropriation is when like you're just like randomly wearing what was that video we were watching the other day where she was just randomly oh, wearing Major Lazer yeah. uh, with Mo. That <laughs> yeah. that is cultural appropriation. One, yeah. yeah. And there's no respect there. Hmm. Right? There's no respect there for the culture that she's just trying to look like. You know, she's like, Oh, I've got some jewelry on, I look really pretty. No. Yeah, yeah. No. That's not what we're about. Whereas Steph's on a song and she's like, they're trying to bring the two things together and make it work. And they have done. Definitely. Yeah. It's the, it's, that's the thing. It's the coming together of two big communities, you know, that kind of UK urban community, as well as like the Bunga community. And Mist is, you know, he's always. He's that had, bridge. <laughs> but he, he, from the very, very beginning, yeah. he has tried to bridge that gap and he said that I've got Punjabi friends I've grown up with Punjabi people mm. this is part of my world this is part of my life and I think that's why Birmingham works mm. Birmingham is that kind of place which is why Apache Indian could get away with doing what he did yeah. because or even UB40 could do what they did yeah. because that's what Birmingham is it's that it is that multicultural Culture, melting yeah. pot yeah. where all the communities come together yeah. and when they do come together it works really well Yes, and so no, I don't think there is any cultural appropriation. No, like I said, and we've spoken previously on, on older shows about, you know, all of our, you know, being integrated in this country, all of our cultures have mixed and, and blended together uh, mm-hmm. and to become what we are. So we've all borrowed from each other to kind of, yeah. you know, to be the people we are today. And so I've got no problem with it and, and neither should anyone else, basically. Yeah. Um, she wasn't just randomly walking down the street with a bindi on. Do you know what exactly, I mean? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like she was, she's she's kind of trying to take on the thing that she's trying to understand and enjoy the thing that she was part of. Yeah, and she's part of a massive, massive tune. Uh, like it's literally just dropped. So I'd love to see how it does out there. I I, I feel it doing very, very well. I have a lot of respect for Steel Bangles because yeah. he hasn't. He hasn't made it to the mainstream and just said, right, fuck my culture and forget who I am and all that stuff. He's trying to bring it forward with him. Totally. And I think that's that's a really rare thing to see in this country. You know, you've seen people like in America, like Mindy Kaling and people like that do that within their fields. Yes. There's not much of that happening here so far, but he's definitely trying to do that. And as I've said many, many times before, the music industry needs to change and it needs to start representing us. Yes. We make up a large pop- part of the population and we make up a large part of the population that spend money. Yes. So especially going to gigs and stuff. So I think it's really, really lovely to see. No, it's fantastic to see. I would have, 
like if we're playing a little bit of a devil's advocate, uh, I'd love to have seen like a British Punjabi singer on there. Just as, just so the whole track would be like a whole like a whole very British yeah. stamp tune. Yes. But obviously Sidhu's the biggest star out there right now, especially when it comes to the urban Punjabi music. He's the undoubted kind of shining light yeah. there. So I understand the reasoning for him being on that track, and he still sounds sick on it anyway. Um, but yeah, it'd be nice to have seen. I need to start finding out more about Bangla music again. Yeah, you need to be that hub. When I, when I, you know, there should be like a little section on every show. You know, Jojo B's Punjabi round. I think I just kind of got over it though because it is a lot of this kind of stuff now. Mm. You know, like, and I'm not, I'm not really into the whole kind of, like, I just want a party tune. Yeah. I want someone to say, let's go and have a party or I'm in love with someone. Like, those are the kind of songs that I want to listen to, right? That's yeah. what they used to be. Yeah. And now it's like, uh, you know, I want to shoot someone or, <laughs> and, you know, or like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just... It's just not for me. Yeah. yeah. But then I should go back and I should go and investigate more. Yes. That's me just generalizing. And I think I should take some time. Represent your roots. You know, do do that thing. Like I, I married you and I kind of forgot all about my Bangla roots. Whatever. Yeah. I still represent my Gujarati roots. Shout out to everybody that's, uh, that celebrated Navratri. When did you go week. to Garba last? We were on holiday. Yeah, but still. That's because you stopped me from going. No, I didn't. Yeah, you do. I don't want to go to this stick dancing bullshit. That was your exact <gasps> words. Your exact words. I literally never said that. Um, I think the last time you did Garba was at our wedding. I haven't been back since. Bloody hell. All right. So I need to, I need to do my part to go back. But shout out to everyone that celebrated Navratri recently. Um, and happy Dasera recently as well. Yeah. It's, it's, it's all it's exactly. It's all celebration season coming up. And our next show will actually be a Diwali special. Yeah. Diwali slash Halloween special. Diwali slash, yeah, because those were two of our most popular shows from last year. So we'll try to amalgamate them both. I can't now. talk about horror films. All right. There's something else, in it? What can you talk about? Not much. When it comes to Halloween, pumpkins. And um, I'm going to a really cool Halloween masterclass type thing. Okay. Which, uh, shall I show you about now? I should share it on our next show. Yeah. Because it will be a Halloween special. I'm really excited. Diwali special. And I also want to shout out Ruckus Avenue. Yay. Because we are now part of their radio lineup. We are part of the Ruckus family. Yes, we are. You will be able to hear our show syndicated on Ruckus Avenue in the States. So if you're in North America... You can check us out on Thursdays, 8 a.m. PST, 4 p.m. GMC, and 8.30 p.m. IST. OPP, you know me. 4 p.m. GP, uh, GMT. Yeah, so here and at this time. Yeah. So in the middle of the day. Excuse the language. That's all I'm going to say. Please don't, please don't. Yeah, I'll have to listen in on, on our first few shows to make sure they've actually edited out all the swearing. <laughs> because can you imagine that? There's auntie, I mean, no show left. Auntie, I'll sit in the middle of the day and be like, What? What do they say? I mean, I fuck Preeti Patel. Yeah, exactly. Her cocky is probably listening to this in the States and be like, what the hell? Oh, dear. Um, but tune in on ruckusavenueradio.com and it's also available on the Dash Radio app. Look at us being on professional. Look at this. We said we were going to be on radio and now we've branched out globally in North America. Next step, the world, Pinky. 
Old school Pinky and the Brain reference? Um, no, no, I'm not Pinky. There's always a Pinky in every family, though. It wasn't me. There is. We have, we have a Pinky in our family. But... Yeah, so do we. But I was just Jyoti. All right. <laughs> so imaginative. Um, but that's it from this week's episode of the Native Immigrants Podcast. We'll be back in a couple of weeks, as we said, with our Diwali special. So until then... I'm Swami Barakas. And I'm Joe Jamal. And we'll see you all again then, people. Peace. Peace.